0: Hey, 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 welcome back to the Eva show. If you haven't already guessed, I'm Eva and this is my show. Before I get rolling talking to you today about boundaries that you might want to set, I want to tell you a little more about my brand new coaching package. I took all of my notes from the last two years of working with clients, as well as from my own personal life coaches and business coaches. And I created a new framework specifically to help you recognize your value step away from the status quo, and blaze your own trail so you can live the big, happy, bodacious life you want. There are a total of 14 hour-long one-on-one sessions, and each week we'll focus on one of the following topics. Self-acceptance and confidence, building resilience, people-pleasing, setting boundaries, connections, clarity, redefining failure, control, challenges, helpful beliefs, and recalibration. Now, if you were counting, you'll notice that doesn't add up to 14. That's because after the initial 10 topics I listed, we have two focus sessions where we dive even deeper into whichever two topics you want to explore more. And then after the last weekly session, there are two bonus recalibration sessions. These recalibration sessions begin two weeks after the last weekly session, and they're held two weeks apart. So we meet weekly for 12 weeks, and then two weeks later, we meet again, and once more two weeks after that. I decided to do this because, well, (laughs) like practically everything else in my life, it stemmed from a need I had. I worked with my first coach for six straight months, and when the program ended, it really felt abrupt, like I'd just been kicked out of the nest, so to speak, and I was supposed to fly or fall. I would have liked to have had a chance to meet again and revisit a couple of the things that had come up after I'd had time to digest everything that we covered. So, I decided to give my clients what I wish had been given to me. There's no extra charge for these sessions. You get follow-up notes after every session, usually within a few hours, and you'll have a short bit of homework, I guess you could call it, usually after each session. And it's designed to help you clarify and cement the things we discussed during our talk. So at this point, you might be wondering what the cost is, and I'm not going to leave you hanging. The investment is $1,500. If this is something you're interested in or you know somebody who might be, I would love a referral. Doors officially open October 2nd, but you can schedule a call with me before then to ask questions and make sure we're a good fit. And then if we are, you can choose when you want to start. Gosh, I feel like that's a pretty good bit of information, but if I left anything off that you want to know about, you can message me on Facebook or Instagram. It's going to be a couple of weeks before my new website and email address are ready. But in the meantime, you can find me on those sites or set up an appointment using the Calendly link in the show notes. Okay, now on to talking about boundaries. When I was young, I thought boundaries were imaginary landlines that told you where to put up your fence, or to let you know that this was the place where you were going to get shot because you crossed over to the neighbor's side of the line. And then I got older, and after working a couple of corporate jobs, I realized that boundaries were something that CEOs and corporate ladder climbers that I worked with had. Nobody I personally knew had any boundaries. I never heard any moms or dads or lackeys or peons at work talking about boundaries. But when I found myself divorced and examining the wreckage of my life, I suddenly realized just how important boundaries really are and how useful they can be. So in a nutshell, boundaries empower you to protect your own well-being and maintain a healthy balance in different areas of your life. Sometimes people haven't known how to set or enforce them before they became a problem and they end up managing them with a lot of hostility, but it doesn't have to be like that. It is possible to set boundaries that aren't fueled or driven by big, huge emotions. It can be just a, hey, this is what works best for me, lower key, but just as firm kind of thing. If you've ever wondered about what boundaries to set and how to set them, this episode is going to help you a lot. So let's get started. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm your host Eva Miller. As a domestic violence survivor turned life and wellness coach, I'm here to help you fully know your value, reclaim your power, and boldly create the life you love instead of living from someone else's script. So if you're feeling stuck and looking for help, or you just wanna be reminded that it's okay to be your unique self in a conforming world, you're in the right place. Don't water down your wild. Step out of the race you never wanted to be in and forge your own path. Let's go. Okay, today I'm coming at you with some ideas for boundary setting, some of which you've probably heard of and thought of before, and some you may not have. I'm going to hit the obvious ones first. So those would be things like work-life balance. It's pretty self-explanatory. These are the boundaries that are set by you to avoid overworking and to ensure some time for your personal life. Another is personal time for hobbies, reading, just relaxing, basically preventing burnout. And don't tell me that you don't have time for any of that because I'm going to assume that you have time to scroll on social media. And if you've got some time to do that, even just 15 minutes, then you've got time to do something for yourself. So I'm going to challenge you to put your phone down And do something that makes you feel alive, joyful, or satisfied. Or do something that grows you instead of mindlessly just numbing out at the end of a long day of pouring yourself into everybody else. Because it's time to pour into you now. And speaking of pouring, you know, if you decide to pour yourself a glass of I don't give a shit to sip on while you spend 15 minutes doing something for yourself instead of scrolling, I won't tell anybody. Another obvious one is saying no you know, boundaries around commitments or requests that overwhelm you or don't align with your priorities. And look, it's not a sign of weakness if you know your plate's full and you don't have it in you to say yes to one more thing. And you're not strong for doing it all and getting it done if you've burnt yourself out in the process. If you need more suggestions about this, check out episode six of the show entitled, Rejection is Redirection. And if you already listened to that episode, but you're still struggling with saying no and having feelings around that, consider giving it another listen. You might pick up something in a new way that'll help you. Another obvious boundary would be something that you set around personal values and people who are aligned with your values, whether that's avoiding certain topics of discussion or declining invitations that clash with your beliefs. So now I want to hit on the ones that you may not have thought of, or maybe you've thought of them, but you didn't think you were important enough to set them. And when I talk about these, you might feel a knee jerk reaction of resistance towards some of them, but hear me out and maybe revisit them again later when you've had time to let them settle a little bit. Sometimes the exact thing we need is really hard to wrap our minds around and we don't want to do them. So we slam the door on it and then we have to go back later so we can get what we need from it. Rest and recovery. How about boundaries around sleep and rest? I mean, that's important for protecting and maintaining your overall health, right? And so I think a good boundary for this is to go to bed and wake up at the same time every day, even on the weekends. This is something that Big Sexy and I are actively working on. And I'm going to be honest, it's been a little bit of a struggle. We do fine during the week, but the weekends come and then it kind of turns into a free-for-all over here. And sometimes that's because Rodi and Peyton, who are the grandkids that live locally, They come over and spend the night and then we stay up late eating, you know, midnight snacks and watching the Mandalorian or something. And I'm not a huge movie watcher, but I won't think twice about staying up crazy late on the weekend to binge watch a TV series on Netflix or something. And it isn't earth shattering, but it does make Monday mornings a little harder because after two nights of being up late, my body doesn't want to go to bed earlier on Sunday. And then that whole cycle just leaves me feeling less than my very best. Another boundary for you to consider would be taking time for reflection. How can you be sure that you're still on the path you want to be on? You have to assess and evaluate, right? Like you wouldn't just look at a map one time and then set off on a year-long journey and never look at it again. You would look at it for confirmation markers all along the way. So why wouldn't you do this for the whole lifelong journey you have while you're on earth? And for me, this typically means evaluating how my day went before I go to sleep and i used to do this in a really judgy way toward myself but that has finally started to evolve a while back so now i remind myself to get curious and look to see where i hit the mark which to me that means doing the things that are most important of all the things that i have to do and it means not getting distracted by the sparkly things and it means not filling my time with busy work which is something that i do when i'm not ready to face something that's more important or I don't know how I'm going to approach it yet, or it'll be hard and I'm feeling overwhelmed. And so when you reflect, get curious and dig into the areas that didn't go well or aren't going well so that you can think of what might have contributed to it and how you can course correct. Your life is precious and finite. So any and all time that you invest in yourself, no matter how small or insignificant it might feel at the time, is really worthy and important. And maybe you're not used to thinking of yourself that way, but you are. And it's appropriate for you to view and treat yourself with a level of respect and care that reflects that. Okay, the next few are grouped together because to me, they're like spaghetti in that they all touch each other or overlap in some way. So the first is delegating tasks. Delegation is not a sign of weakness. doesn't have to become an abuse of power and it does not automatically equate with laziness. I want to remind you that you are only one person and you can't do everything. And I can't tell you what to delegate or to whom, but I can tell you that I think you already know you're doing too much, and there's a chance that you'd be happier and nicer and more productive if you could take a couple of things off your plate and give the right amount of attention and focus to other things. And just because you've always coordinated Thanksgiving or hosted monthly birthday parties doesn't mean that you have to keep doing it. You know what you need or want to let go, so do that. If what you need or want to delegate goes to a kid or someone who needs training in order to do it, don't put that off telling yourself that you don't have time to train him. The fact that you don't have time to train someone is proof that you need to invest your time doing exactly that. If the thing that needs doing takes one hour of your time every time, make the decision to invest like an hour and a half training the person a few different times and slowly work yourself out of that job. And then just manage the decision you made by backing yourself up if other things get delayed while you transition to the other person. It's going to be okay. Then there's social events. Don't be afraid to set limits on social engagements to prevent overcommitting. It's okay to prioritize your downtime. Your life needs to feel good to you, not look impressive or glamorous or something like that to anybody else. Know your capacity. And when I say capacity, I'm not talking about you doing your impression of Stretch Armstrong and trying to be everywhere all at once. Capacity is just that. It's what you're able to carry without making a mess. Okay, then we have maybe setting boundaries around your communication style. Communicate your preferences and response times so that you can manage expectations. And you know, at first, I think this sounds like it's only suited to an office relationship, and it does work there, but it works on other levels too. There's nothing wrong with asking someone to text you instead of calling or letting them know that you don't check your email until the afternoon and that they can expect to hear back from you then. And so it's going to sound different when you're talking about applying this to kids, of course, but the principle is the same. So saying something like, I need to think about this, or I need to talk this over with your dad or your mom, and I'll let you know tomorrow night. That's appropriate. And then if the kid starts asking about it before tomorrow night comes, ask him if he remembers when you said you'd let him know. If he can't remember, remind him, just tell him again. But if he knows and he's jumping the gun, hoping to get an answer sooner, stand firm. And then whatever you do, don't forget to let him know the answer at the time you said you would. And then there's emotional energy. Simply put, how about setting boundaries about how much emotional energy you invest in helping other people? Taking on other people's problems excessively is going to drain you so fast and it's going to leave you with not enough for you or your people. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, another area, technology use. I mentioned this already, but I'm going to suggest that it's worth considering certain times and places that would be designated tech-free zones. Don't be afraid to disconnect from screens and create space for mental relaxation. For me, this starts around 9-ish on weeknights. Even though I have blue light blocking glasses and I wear them, I still stop looking at devices or try to around 9. And my bedroom is a no phone zone. That is designated for sleep and sex. And I don't take the digital ball and chain in there with me. Another area is availability. Specify to whoever might be on a need to know basis when you're available for meetings, appointments, or calls so that you can prevent interruptions. Don't be afraid to use the do not disturb feature or the focus feature on your phone. You're not at their mercy. You control them. They don't control you. And it feels good to take that kind of control too. It lets you focus. And then when you're done focusing and you've done the thing you need to do, you can get back to someone else and not feel guilty about the time that you are spending and feeling like you're overwhelmed and running around like a chicken with your head cut off trying to do too many things. Okay, this next one's kind of hard, I know. And it may not apply to everyone in every situation. But try to communicate your workload capacity to your supervisor or your colleagues in an effort to try to keep you from being overloaded with tasks. I know that's a lot easier said than done, and you might need to get help working through it, but it's better for your mental state, and it's more honoring to your stress levels, than holding it in and letting that frustration and resentment build. And then there's the issue of personal space. I think people need to establish personal space and boundaries in their living environments. People do this all the time with work and stuff. It's kind of like an unwritten rule. You don't touch stuff on somebody's desk. But when it comes to your home environment, the one area that I see as a problem across the board for a lot of people is the one about not letting your kids have free reign in your bedroom. It's okay if you want to establish a boundary where they don't go in your room without you being in there or without your permission. And this is mostly applicable to smaller kids, right? Like, I mean, if you've got teenagers and they actually want to set a foot into your room, it's probably because they want to talk to you and you should seize the opportunity. But jokes aside, there's nothing wrong with wanting to have a space that's off limits to your kids. And maybe that's your office or your desk area, or maybe it's your bedroom and bathroom. You don't walk into your kids' rooms and start playing on their bed and with their toys. And it's okay if you don't want them doing that in your room. there's another area. Um, How about financial boundaries? Like, Set limits on lending money or financially supporting other people to protect your own financial well being. And the thing is, with these limits, if you set them before anyone comes asking you for something, it's a lot easier to stand your ground. I think giving money to someone in need without expecting repayment is something entirely different than lending, but it should still be done with caution because nobody wants to feel taken advantage of. So if you set a policy, you just, oh, I have a policy, I don't do this. Done. Then there's the area of expectations. I think it's important to clearly communicate your expectations in relationships. And this might be about shared responsibilities. It could be about emotional support or something else altogether. And I think this is kind of aimed at romantic relationships, but the whole concept is appropriate for any relationship you have where you interact with somebody regularly. I mentioned at the top of the episode that my life had fallen completely apart before I started to understand the importance of boundaries. And the first time I can remember intentionally doing the whole, quote unquote, clearly communicate your expectations thing was when I was on the phone with Big Sexy for the very first time, except he wasn't Big Sexy. I mean, he was Big Sexy. I just didn't know it because I'd never met him and I hadn't given him that name yet. That came later. At that time, he was just Brian, a guy that my coworker was trying to set me up with. A couple of guys had shown interest in me after I escaped from my ex-husband, but it was clear that some of them were just trying to play games with me and string me along. And obviously, I was very on guard about that. So when Brian called me that first day and we were talking, he asked me about meeting him and I said I would. And then I told him that if he wasn't on time, I wasn't going to wait more than 10 minutes. And if he didn't have a good reason for being late, He was never going to get the chance to meet me again. And see, this is one of those reasons why I said earlier that sometimes people who haven't known how to set or enforce boundaries before they become a problem, kind of manage them with some hostility, especially in the beginning. And the other reason that I said that is because I've watched it play out this way with other people too. And I actually asked Big Sexy about this when I was writing my notes for this episode. And he said that it didn't come out sounding as bitchy as I thought it did, but it did sound really direct. And he also told me that I've gotten more diplomatic when it comes to (laughs) explaining my boundaries since then. And finally, the last idea for a boundary that you might need to set involves feedback. Communicate how you want to receive feedback. That way you can ensure that it's constructive and respectful. And that might sound like, you know, I'm really angry right now. Can we talk about this later when I'm calmer so I can really hear what you're saying to me without feeling so defensive? And I won't end this without also saying that obviously it's important to communicate your boundaries openly and firmly, but it is just as important that you respect others boundaries as well. So in the case of feedback, maybe you want to ask permission before you give feedback to somebody else. Doing this will give them a chance to express a boundary or a need that they have around the situation. And finally, I'm just going to remind you that you are a grown adult And if you don't want to have a relationship with someone in your life, you absolutely don't have to. There's no law that says you do. And as long as you're not trying to avoid someone in an effort to keep from doing your own work, then it's not a problem. Okay. After all of that, you can see why setting boundaries gets its own dedicated session in my new framework. can't you? (laughs) Sometimes my clients say that they know exactly who's involved or what situation they want to discuss regarding boundaries. And other times they're not sure of the pain point. So we talk about it and we unwind it together, and then they can decide what their next step is. I want to reiterate that setting boundaries isn't meant to and doesn't necessarily change the other person or the situation. Boundaries are always for you. Now, sometimes it does happen that the situation changes for the better or the other person makes a change, but that's Lanyap, right? Because boundaries are meant for you to bring clarity and protection to your own well being. And if something extra happens, well, that's great. So which one of those things spoke to you today? I don't, I want to know which one resonates. Please message me on Facebook or Instagram. I love hearing from you. And if you want to talk to me but don't have anything to say pertaining to this episode and there's a different topic you want to hear about, let me know. Okay, that's all I've got for you this week. If you loved this episode and want to support me, would you please take a screenshot and share it on your social or with someone you think who would love it too. It really helps grow the podcast and I'd appreciate it a lot. All right, I'm out. Peace. Okay, that's all I've got for you this time. If you want to see if my coaching program can help you, you can set up a Blue Skies call with me to learn more. It's free. I'm not high pressure. I'm not going to badger you. We just have a conversation you tell me the things you need, what you're looking for. And I tell you what I do to help people and how my program might work with you. If they match up, great. If they don't, all you've lost is an hour of your time. Link is in the show notes. Talk to you next week.